Coming up on today's show, ad disclosures go out the window at Target's influencer event. Gen Z's school millennials on how to use Instagram, Indy Clinton's encounter with Scott Disick, and Anna Paul's advent calendars. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torbert and I wanted to start the podcast by saying, Amy, that you have something in common with Victoria Beckham. I do. And people listening, they might just have jumped to conclusions and think, is it her style, her singing, talents? Love of salads. No, in fact, (laughs) it's the fact that you both like secretly filming people. Now, that sounds a little bit creepy, but Amy, you were a former journalist and it was a part of your job to, I suppose, sneakily get footage. Well, I'm known to whip out my phone anytime anything happens. So sell it to media. That's right. So basically, (laughs) Victoria Beckham has taken out her phone and she secretly filmed David singing along to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. And to set the scene, David is there looking very Christmassy. He's sipping what appears to be a hot chocolate, scrolling on his phone when he starts softly singing along to Mariah before realising he's being filmed. We need to throw to a grab of this. You were struggling with that, weren't you? Oh, you did. quite impressed with that last note i reckon posh might be shaking in her boots a little bit that's what a lot of people were saying in the comment section they're like wow he's the one with all the singing talent not her (laughs) now this tiktok got me thinking i haven't actually been listening to christmas music in the car now i want to step it up and i realize that we actually do have our own outspoken christmas playlist on spotify so i'm going to put that in the show notes so everyone else can enjoy it um and then i got a bunch of other goodies in my santa sack This week, Australia's biggest influencers gathered in Melbourne for a Christmas dinner hosted by MasterChef contestant Khan Ong and Target. A sumptuous Christmas feast was enjoyed by all, followed by stockings full of presents, but there wasn't a clear ad disclosure in sight. Now, Sophie, this one caused a lot of heated debate in our Facebook group. But before we get into that, who was at this event? It really was the who's who of the influencer world in attendance. So as you said, former MasterChef contestant Khan Ong was the face of the event. Kick founder Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw were there alongside MAFS couple Martha Kalafatidis and Michael Brunelli. Controversial influencer Jade Tunchi was also there as well as former Big Brother contestant Tully Smythe. Now, I was really surprised that some people in our Facebook group bought into the idea that Khan was the genuine host of this event and had just invited his famous friends around. And I don't mean to be cynical, but I highly doubt Australia's top influencers came along out of the goodness of their hearts. Like, don't get me wrong, the event looked amazing, but come on. I think the confusion has come about because Khan is genuinely friends with these influencers. Yeah, but at the same time, He's working for Target and they're not just going to come along and promote Target out of the goodness of their hearts. As you said, Kate, if for people who don't work in PR and marketing, 
People are paid to attend these events and also paid a hell of a lot of money. Particularly the people that were there. I mean, you know, Steph Claire Smith, she's got over a million followers. I don't think she's just rocking up to the opening of an envelope. And that's the thing. People might just assume, oh, they're getting paid in Target products or vouchers. No, they're actually getting money. Now, despite her not disclosing it officially, it was quite clear that Target flew Jade Tunchi over from Sydney for the event in Melbourne. Now, Jade shared earlier in the day that she was staying at Crown Towers and she put up this photo of this beautiful fruit platter in her room and there was a note next to it that read, Hi Jade, we're so excited to have you here for our special Christmas with Khan celebration. We hope you enjoy it as much as we loved putting it together with Khan. Thank you and see you soon, Britt and Jason. Now, that is pretty clear that Target flew her over and put her up in a very nice accommodation for the event. Who's so, Britt and Jason? Well, they're the, obviously the, the PR, PR managers. Oh, okay. the, the issue is there's nothing wrong with Target flying these influencers over, but there's something wrong when it's not disclosed that these are advertisements. Exactly right. Now, so can you share with us what happened at this event? Well, the whole preface of the event was that Khan was hosting a Christmas dinner with his friends. And whilst I'm sure that a lot of the dishes were from his own creations, there were chefs there assisting with cooking, obviously, so he could take part in actually socializing with the guests and hosting. And the location was set up with all of Target's finest Christmas decorations and homewares. And I do have to say, when I saw the Instagrams, I was like, as if this stuff's from Target. They had those beautiful, <laughs> this isn't an ad for Target, but they had those beautiful Obviously. ribbed glasses, like all these beautiful cocktail glasses. All of the linen was nice. Well, the influencers also played a game of like, I don't even know what it's officially called, but when you steal the Kris Kringle gift. Oh, I love that game. That's actually so much fun. We need to do one this year. Yeah. So they were playing that. And then of course, you know, they were being really competitive with the Target products. And then all of the influencers went home with these amazing big Santa sacks full of of goodies it, it sounded like from a PR and marketing perspective a really good event to actually get influencers posting what appeared to be genuine content and that's the thing there was a bit of discussion in our Facebook community does this sort of influencer marketing work I, for me it definitely mm. does because people like Steph Claire Smith Tully Smith these are people who I actually enjoy seeing their lifestyle content yeah. and they're quite aspirational and you're like wow I want to have a dinner party like that And that's the only ingredient that seems to be missing in this whole thing is just the fact that it wasn't disclosed as an ad. Yeah, and I found it really puzzling. I mean, the next day, Tully Smythe appeared on an Insta story and did a haul of what she received from the event. And she was adamant that it wasn't a sponsored arrangement. This is what she said. Good morning. I thought some of you would want to see what I got. In my ginormous Santa sack at Khan's Christmas dinner last night, thanks to Target. Now, this is not paid or sponsored. I went for the food. Now, following this disclaimer, she spent two minutes on an Insta story showing off all the products from Target without any sort of ad disclosure around that these products were gifted. Well, that's the thing. I mean, as Tally said, she might not have been paid to go to the event, but you still are meant to say hashtag gifted. I think there is a lot of genuine confusion in the influencer community. And I think a lot of influencers genuinely think that they're doing the right thing. They're not meaning to do anything wrong by not disclosing Yeah, but that's it. a bit of a cop out because let's get into what the actual rules are. So back in February 2021, the Australian Association of National Advertisers, which is often referred to as the AANA, introduced stricter rules to their code of ethics around influence 
influencers. Now, these new rules mean that influencers are treated just like any other traditional advertiser. So they're obligated to clearly disclose partnerships just like any traditional advertiser has to. And this is whether the partnerships are paid or given for free. Now, if they do not disclose these partnerships clearly enough, they risk breaching the code and this can result in a hefty fine. Now, since the rules were implemented, the advertising watchdog ad standards has investigated the conduct of several influencers, including Sophie Keisha, Sarah's Day, Anna Heinrich and Rosalia Russian. So at the moment, no one has been fined heavily, but I think that's because we're in a bit of a probation period where influencers are learning. But the thing is, breaching these code of conducts gets media attention, and I think that it impacts the reputation of both the influencer and the brand. So I was pretty shocked that Target wasn't across these rules because this isn't the first big influencer event they've held. And I want to praise their marketing team in the perspective because I think the influencer events that they've been Mm. holding are fantastic. Mm. They did one with Riley Hempson, who's known as Healthy Chick 101, and it looked amazing. And she put paid partnerships. She disclosed all the advertising. There was nothing wrong with it. And I, and Khan was also, he was writing hashtag Spawn. The thing is the AAN actually say that that's not good enough. You have to use hashtag ad or hashtag advert or use the inbuilt paid partnership tool because hashtag Spawn isn't obvious enough. And that's the thing. There was a lot of confusion over this event. It wasn't clear if the influencers were attending for free or at their own expense. And when the person at home can't pick up whether this is an ad or if it's genuine content, that's when you have a bit of an issue, I think. Yeah. Do you know how many influencers or micro-influencers in Adelaide I see posting? And it's clear they've got something for free. Yeah. They never write gifted. They never write ad. And I think the reality is that, as you said, they're either not educated about the rules or there's just – the thing is if you report somebody, it comes up as your own name. Yeah, you so name. you have to – so I see all this all the time and I'm like, I don't want to report somebody and have my, me be the dobber. Not to throw shade because Adelaide is a small place, but we don't really have many genuine influences. So we I have, think – We have people who are genuine some. that have a, have a following. Well, yeah. Yes, but I know, but I think the people that you're talking about – But it's like about, YouTubers we don't really have. and They're so small that the only mm. people reporting them would be their friends because a lot of <laughs> followings are fake in Adelaide. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, though, the influencer marketing industry is set to be worth $15 billion this year. So I really do think it's a bit of a game of catch up to adhere to the same advertising rules as traditional platforms. Now, I wanted to give you guys an example of a precedent that has been set with Emmy Lou because I know everyone wants us to talk about her. <laughs> so Emmy Lou has also been pulled up by the Ad Standards Board. And this was over the fact that she was gifted two tickets for a hot air balloon experience by Global Ballooning Australia. <laughs> Sorry, it just sounds so funny. <laughs> Very random. So basically, she used her two free tickets and then purchased two more so she could take herself and her three kids on a hot air balloon ride. Now, Emmy Lou shared a photo on Instagram of the experience and wrote, my goodness, what a beautiful experience at Global Balloon Australia. Hashtag Emmy Lou loves. She also then went on to share Insta stories and a reel of the experience. Now, someone has gone ahead and reported that post, I can only imagine who, someone probably in Tattle Life, to the ad standards, and they complained that the post was undeclared advertisement and was in breach of Section 2.7 of the AANA Code of Ethics. Can I just add, they were within their right to. This does hmm. sound like a breach. Well, well, you're exactly right. It was proven to be a breach. Now, the brand came out and said that it wasn't a paid partnership and that Emmy Lou was not held to any expectations over what she should post. However, ad standards deemed the business had specific 
specifically chosen to gift tickets to Emmy Lou because she had a large following and was likely to post about the experience. Therefore, Ad Standards found that the post did meet the definition of advertising outlined in the code and was therefore in breach of the code. Now, in response to the findings, the business and Emmy Lou both had to mark the post as a paid partnership. Now, I feel like this does set a bit of a precedent for the Target Christmas party if it was to have a complaint made to the Ad Standards Board because Target clearly strategically invited that group of influencers because of their large following and influence knowing that they would post at the event. Therefore, it seems clear that under the code, the post would meet the definition of advertising outlined in the code. Therefore, Target and all the influencers should have actually disclosed the advertisement and are in breach of the code. Okay, I think you should be a judge on this board. That was very technical there, but very (laughs) lawyery. Um, Going back to the Target event, though, so... Did any influencers add the paid partnership? Because no. that's a new great feature on Instagram, the it, paid partnership feature. It's no, so easy it was to basically use. just stories that looked like they were all just at a Christmas party. No, so Khan did tag Target in the post and then also put hashtag spawn, but that has been deemed not good enough by the Ad Standards Board previously. Whereas all the other influencers, they didn't put, like they tagged Target, but they didn't use the paid partnership tool. They didn't put gifted, they didn't put ad. It was very odd and I was surprised at the caliber of influencers in, involved because at the end of the day, it's an obligation of an influencer to know the standards of what they're meant to be adhering to when they advertise. You guys all know how I feel about this sort of marketing. It does work for me having influencers promoting a product, going to these sorts of events. Does it work on you guys? Well, look, I wouldn't mind having a browse around Target and having a look at some of their homewares now, but I suppose I feel a little bit annoyed about it because I think big brands like Target should be very clear in their disclosure of what is an advert. If every other company on Instagram and TikTok and social media is having to do so, why don't they have to? And a lot of people were questioning like, oh, why should we care about this? Who cares? And the thing is, A lot of people have been calling for transparency in the influence of industry for so long and influencing is now a legitimate job that a lot of people aspire to be. People earn a lot of money in this industry and I think it's only fair that they follow the ethics and codes that every other person in any other industry would be forced to follow. What speaks volumes is that Target is moving away from the everyday influencer and what I mean by that is the relatable mum or the down-to-earth person on social media and they're moving towards more aspirational people who have beautiful homes like Steph Claire Smith, Laura Henshaw. It really was a bit of a cool group of Melbourne vibe. Like all those influencers attend a lot of the same events. They appear to be friends. And I think that's why a lot of people got confused and thought, oh, this might be a legitimate event that Khan's holding. I can see why Target are wanting to go down that route because if you look at Kmart, Kmart is seen as being a bit more of that budget friendly, whereas Target have tried that in the past. And if you look at how much Target stuff costs compared to Kmart, it is a little bit of a higher price. What's Target? That's right. A lot of people in our group were surprised that Target was still a thing because they have been bought by Kmart. And it's clear that this Christmas party is a move to make Target relevant again. Yeah, and I feel like Target and Kmart have different vibes. Like I think Target has recently stepped up its homewares. Like I'll go there and I'm like, oh, some of this stuff's a bit nicer than Mm. Kmart. Kmart seems a bit more family budget friendly, whereas Target seems a little bit fancier. They've got really nice clothes there as well. This one page I follow called The Mum Style. She's always putting up reels of these new outfits she's picked out. I'm like, oh, what expensive store is that from? It's always Target. Well, I didn't actually realize that Target was owned by Kmart. So it makes a lot more sense that they are trying to differentiate the brands. It's the 1st of December, which means today's day one on our sixth advent calendars. 
Anna Paul's been getting into the Christmas spirit this year. As a present to herself, the TikToker purchased six different advent calendars. Now, Amy, Anna has been sharing the content of these advent calendars on her TikTok and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I know I've been loving the Christmas content from Anna and what's great is all the calendars are very different. So she's got a lush calendar, which is filled with bath bombs, a calendar from Forever and a Day Laundry. She's also got a Joe Malone perfume one and a glass house calendar. I need one of these glass house calendars. I assume they're the mini candles in there. There are mini candles, but there's also room sprays as well. But my favorite one she's got is a calendar for her cats. So each window you open has a cat treat. And she's also done the book advent calendars. I don't know if you guys have seen these floating around oh, on Instagram I and TikTok. I actually have seen this. I was watching Zoella's recent vlog and it's so exciting because she's back to filming Vlogmas again. She did take a year off from it. And so what she's done is her daughter, Odie, I think she's like nearly one years old and she's wrapped up 24 different books. So each night she goes and picks out a book that she wants to read and they unwrap it. It was so cute. It is a lovely idea, I must say. I did watch Zoella's Vlogmas Day 1. A little lackluster. I was a bit underwhelmed. Let's remember she has a one-year-old. No, but so what's happened is they've literally taken off the whole month of December to film Vlogmas and uh-huh. her husband is editing it so she doesn't have to. Uh-huh. It's one of those ones that you'd kind of have on in the background and you'd be on your phone because not a lot happens. But That's I was... most vlogs for me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now back to Anna Paul's advent calendars. I don't get how she keeps up with them because I've just got a very basic Cadbury's <laughs> one and I'm always forgetting to open the windows. And then I've got an influx of the chocolate to Yeah, well, if it's your job and you're creating content around advent calendars, you probably find some time. Now, if anyone's wondering how much these calendars cost, Influencer Updates has done all the hard work for us. She scoped out Anna's calendars and shared a TikTok revealing their price tags. So Anna's Lush Advent Calendar cost her $368. What? The Joe Malone one was $720. <gasps> the Glass House Calendar was $250. And her Forever in a Day Laundry Calendar cost $480. The so, Glass House one wasn't too bad because their candles are about $50. Bucks well, this, this $721 one from Joe Malone, that's the same one that UK influencer Saffron oh. Barker surprised her mum with. Oh, sorry, but none of these are good value. I'm sorry. Who's going to buy an advent <laughs> calendar for over? Like I was, I didn't want to buy a lint one for $10, let alone these prices. I feel like influencers though are making the advent calendar cool again and more acceptable for adults to have. I think they're the only people that use them. Do you remember last year there was a Chanel advent calendar and oh, it was yes. like $1,000. They got a bumper sticker Yeah, and they had uh, <laughs> Chanel tattoos and everyone was so like, there's not even any Chanel products do, in there. Do you think Anna got these gifted to her? Because no. surely she's not put it, paying well, for that. she's so rich. I'm sure she just is doing it because it's generating content, her, generating it would views. Be, it would be a tax deduction for her as well. Yeah. Now, Anna's posts have also sparked debate around which window you're supposed to start on. Well, obviously one. Yeah. No. So, well, some people think 24, so it oh, counts like a, down. What? Yeah. So Anna has called people out and said, you are clearly wrong. Let's listen to what she had to say about this. And yesterday's video sparked some controversy. Some people said that you're meant to start on the 25th and work your way down. And let me tell you why you're wrong. So the last number on the advent calendar is always the 24th. You do not start on this one. Look, it's even gold because that's for Christmas. It's usually bigger. See, look how small they all are. And then there's a big one here. Even on the chocolate calendars, the chocolate ones are this small. And then the one on the 24th is this big because it's Christmas. You get a big Santa. Now, Anna's correct because even on the Cadbury ones, remember when you open the window, it's a shutter. There's two yeah, sides. Two it's shutters, always yeah. special. And it's, yeah, it is always a special one. I 
kind of like the other theory though because it helps you remember how many days there are that is true the thing is though it would be confusing if you forgot to do some and then didn't know where you were Mm. up to because a lot of math involved can i ask you with your cadbury advent calendars i don't know if mine's broken but when you open the window does it open alfoil and you have to tear it off yes oh i haven't do you know what i bought one for dale and i and i haven't even opened them yet so i think we're gonna eat all seven or whatever it is today i smashed all five the other day I have clogged Scott Disick's toilet. <gasps> Get out. What the fuck? Yeah, so I clogged Scott Disick's toilet. No, I can't. Not with just toilet paper. Wait, the Scott Disick. The Lord. The Lord. Scott, the, Lord. the Lord. Scotty the hottie. Yes. Influencer Indy Clinton has revealed her first meeting with Scott Disick didn't quite go to plan. Before we get into it, Soph, some people might not know that Indy and Scott actually spent some time together in Calabasas back in 2015. Yeah, that's right. The two met through a promoter when Indy was in America. So Indy revealed that as soon as she jetted into America, the club promoter picked her up from the airport and then drove her to Scott Disick's house to hang out. So at the time, Indy had just graduated from school and was only 18 years old. Isn't that the perfect age for Scott Disick? Pretty much. So <laughs> the pair's friendship quickly started generating headlines with the media speculating that the two were an item. And this was because there were a few paparazzi shots of them together. However, it later got revealed that Scott had in fact set her up with controversial rapper Chris Brown. So Jeez, I had no idea about Indy Clinton having all these yeah. A-lister connections. Yeah, so at the time, Radar Online did this really gross article where they published leaked private Facebook messages between Indy and her group of friends. So in the messages, Indy allegedly said that she slept with Chris Brown and that Scott Disick had set the whole thing up. So the friend then revealed to this publication that Scott had shown interest in Indy, but she turned it down his advances. Yeah, well, what a backstab of the friend releasing these messages. I wonder how much she was paid. Now, this has all been brought up again because Indy Clinton has appeared on the Chicks Unhinged podcast, and she's decided to talk about how she actually blocked Scott Disick's toilet. Now, this sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, that's the thing. It sounds so glamorous to be invited to one of these events, but then for things to end up like this, it would be so embarrassing. She explained that she was really nervous and had an upset stomach because she said she kept expecting Kylie Jenner to just walk around the corner and you know she had watched this show for so many years and was really excited so so she needed to do a nervous poo basically yeah pretty much so she said that she arrived at Scott's house and she tried to pretend pretend like she didn't know who he was and as soon as she had the chance she asked where the bathroom was so she tried to go to this bathroom that was down the corridor away from where everyone was and she said that because it was quite far away and there was this house was so huge, she felt really comfortable just to let rip in there. Well, also, she'd just come off an international flight. And anyone that's been on an international flight will know that your guts aren't really good after yeah. that. He's probably got like 12 toilets in the house. Yeah. So here's what she said about the incident. So then I go to the bathroom. Yeah. I let it rip. I just destroy the toilet. It is coming out. I don't stop. I'm not nervous about anyone. Like the door is locked. Yeah. Which is fine. He didn't walk in on me. You know, when you're nervous, you get too much toilet paper to wipe. Like you just keep pulling and pulling it like you're literally wiping. And I flush the toilet and guess what happens? The water starts rising. No. Not the rising. Not the right. The rising water honestly like gives me a little bit of anxiety. Could could you see it in there or could you you just see toilet paper? No, no, you could see it. I wonder if she blocked it because, you know, if you go to someone's house, you put down like a 
a bit of toilet paper snow and here's the splash. Well, is that how it got blocked? No, nah, she said that his toilet paper was really thick and luxurious. So she was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, use a shit ton of this. I heard Kim Kardashian's telling her mum, this was years ago on the show, that she had to get rid of the black toilet paper because she kept finding it when she washed her Who has bits black down toilet below? paper? That's very Kardashians. <laughs> what would you guys do in this situation? Would you just leave the bathroom and pretend like nothing had happened? Well, oh. so how many people were at this party? Oh, if it was a party and there's like 12 toilets, I would just close the lid and get the fuck out of there. I'd be a little bit worried though if I'd specifically said to Scott, oh, I'm just going to the toilet. The shit thing is for the person who goes in after her because they've just been framed for that mm. poo. Don't you hate that when you're at work and someone else does a poo in the toilets and then they rush out and then mm. like your co-worker walks in and it wasn't me and then it just sounds like a lie. Here are my top tips for how to make your Instagram story more aesthetic. And I don't think they're that aesthetic. I just think I'm Gen Z and I know how to use Instagram. The raging culture war between Gen Zers and millennials has intensified this week after one Gen Zer took to TikTok to school millennials on how to create aesthetically pleasing Instagram stories. So if I feel personally attacked by this one, well, I don't think we should jump to conclusions too quickly, Kate, because I actually think that this Gen Zer is on the money and has some very valid points. I also think that she may be able to help you out, Amy, because <laughs> your posts are very millennial and she has been describing a lot of crimes that you commit on your Instagram I have posts. said to Amy that I think the text that she uses on her Instagram story is ugly and you got really offended and, and you're looking really mad now. It. Oh, my God. Like, I've never you still been use so it. picked on. All right, let's get into some of these tips first because the content creator's name is Nicole and she – created a video outlining her top five tips for creating Instagram <laughs> stories. And she captioned the video, Dear Millennials, we just want what's best for you. So she explained that she is the resident Gen Zer at her work and her millennial colleagues are always complimenting her Instagram stories. The only comment that did sort of get my nose out of joint was when Nicole said that she was surprised that she was getting all these compliments because she said she doesn't think that her posts are that aesthetic. She just thinks that she's a Gen Zer and she knows how to use Instagram. I'm sorry, we grew up with Instagram. Like, what did she mean? Exactly. It's like also TikTok's a Gen Zer's thing, not Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is still a millennial's world, I think. I got paid out on our outspoken Instagram because someone said I did the millennial pause when I did. You did though. <laughs> <laughs> it's only because sometimes it's hard to edit. Yeah. Now the first of Nicole's tips is bang on. She said, never post content that's horizontal on your Instagram feed. So she said you should only post vertical content. And what she's referring to here is when people upload photos on their Instagram from their photo albums and it only fits horizontally and you get that black background in the yeah. back. If you want to post a photo, should you then use the option to make it into like a grid or a grid's not allowed? Because I feel like Gen Zers wouldn't like a photo grid I think she's saying either. just don't post it at all. I, I think just forget about it. Don't post it. I don't it's think done. millennials do this. I feel like that's a real baby boomer thing to do on no, Instagram. No, I think millennials do. You've got to realize that millennials are now like in their 40s as well. Mm. Another of her tips is to always keep your Instagram stories under 10 seconds. <laughs> Really? Which I think is pretty bang on because, you know, sometimes when people film at a concert and it just goes on and on. Is that like when I was at the Hanson concert and posted video upon video? I feel like probably. that's a real millennial thing to even post at a concert. A concert. I think Gen Zers wouldn't. Yes, they probably they would. Up, they probably just put up a picture, like a cool picture yeah, of, the, of stage. the crowd and yeah. the stage. Another one of her tips is that you should always use the 0.5 zoom for an Instagram story. So if you're not aware, on your iPhone camera – you either have the standard photo or you can basically do the one that's a bit more zoomed in or a bit more zoomed out. I never use those options. Maybe I am getting old. Okay, I think the terminology you're getting confused is, 
is the zoom because it's it's actually the wide-angled shot she's talking about. Well, yeah, but I don't use any of that shit. Well, she is bang on there because if you use the 0.5 lens, it makes everything in the photo appear bigger and better. So it's great for scenery when you're out in nature. But not yes, so much for selfies and not stuff. Not for people. I don't think selfies are that in. She hasn't touched on that, but I'm I sure selfies a- aren't a big thing anymore with Gen Zers. Now, the next tip is one that you really need to listen to, Amy. It's around font. She said that the only acceptable font is serif. Is that how you pronounce it? Sheriff? That's the one I use. Well, apparently you're using it wrong then. So you're not supposed to, you know, when you press it and you get the colorful background? Yes, yeah. I've That's stopped using lame. that. I've stopped oh, using that. Oh, I use the colored ago. background. Yeah, the color background is lame. What if it, you can't read it on your background? Well, you're supposed to only have it really white and you have to make it really small. I so you don't want big small. font. Actually, my favorite one of her tips was how it's really tacky to tag your friends apparently yeah. now. Yeah. Why? But Which, they want to share them on their well, story. Well, people do, want to stalk the people as well. No, if it's Yeah. Well, what you do, Kate, is you ghost tag. So ghost tagging is you do a tag and then you basically drag it off the page so it's not visible. Oh. But you're, So your friends are still tagged in it so that they can reshare it. But you don't get all of that horrible writing across the page. Mm. I think it's sort of like the cooler way of doing something. I'm going to start implementing this stuff because I feel like my Instagram story game is not good. Now, she had some other bang on points. It was don't slant your text, which I think everyone, we're all on the same page. Who slants their text? I don't know. The other one is that don't use Instagram filters. And that's in the sense of, you know, when you can swipe and those really old school Mayfair or Valencia come up. Oh, okay. She said that is a telltale but sign of a millennial. Can you even use those on Instagram story? Like can, I know they yeah. still exist when you, you do a point. Really? Yeah. yeah. And I've never used that before. Now she did give a bonus tip and that was about emojis. So she said that you can use emojis, but don't be weird about it. Oh. And I do feel personally attacked from this one because there was an example when, you know, when you reshare a funny video, Mm. And you do lots of laughing face emojis. Apparently, yeah. that's very lame. Are you I've, meant to use the skull or just not anything? I think you're just supposed to like vary up your emojis. So maybe use one laughing face, maybe one skull. Through our oh. business, I've have been having to communicate with some Gen Zers, and it's so funny because in their text messages, I'm always like smiley face and whatever. They put nothing. Yeah, oh, I and I feel so lame. uncool. Do they put kiss hug? Well, these are clients that we're working with. So <laughs> I no. know, but sometimes people do. Like, I feel like it's important to convey some emotion because you can mm. take text messages really, like, rudely. Yeah. And I notice they like the message as well. Like, they yeah. won't be like, they won't respond. They'll just like a message. Oh, I think that's a good way to end a conversation mm. because it's it's like, yes, I validate that you've replied, but it, it doesn't reply. Doesn't warrant it doesn't require a response. response. I know. I feel like they're almost more overthink things because I read this article about Gen Zers and emojis and they were saying the same thing, like, that they can come across as really lame, but they they use mm. emojis more as like a way to pay out people who use them. Mm. It's like more of an ironic thing yeah. that they'll put a certain emoji. Well, I was listening to Mamma Mia out loud and they were talking about the thumbs up and how a lot of older mm-hmm. people like more Gen X think that it's an acceptable form to be like, yep. Every Whereas, dad uses a thumbs yeah. up. Do you use a thumbs up? I feel like the thumbs up very No, slow. but they no, were saying that. Like when you send a messenger message and they just send that automatic yeah, yeah. thumbs up. Yeah, whereas I think it's rude. Like younger people actually think it's like a bit rude. It's the height of rudeness. So it's sort of like writing K. My old boss used to always do thumbs up and I was like, does he realize how rude this is? <laughs> well, do you know what? Now that I have these rules in mind, I keep noticing that cool people do Instagram. Instagram like this I saw this post by Molly May and it was bang on what this girl said it was this sunset shot and in the middle of the post because apparently that's the coolest place to have your text in the middle of the post she had this in the middle yeah she just had this small writing and these very specifically chosen emojis that were just cool 
It's funny how her life on Instagram is so aesthetically pleasing, but as soon as you watch her vlogs, she's like a totally different person. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Like she, her voice, I know we've spoken about it on the podcast, but I was watching her vlog last night and I couldn't get over how cringe her voice is for her cat. I think it's cute. And then I know you guys told me not to talk about it on the podcast, but I was pretty shocked because, sorry, not to take over your topics, Avi. That's right, I think we're done with it. But she was talking about how her and Tommy had professionals come in to decorate their house for Christmas and they ended up not being happy with them and making it take it take them all down. See, I see nothing wrong with that. If, yeah, I if you're paid not happy money with it, and someone put up yeah, shit but she was making such a big deal that she was going to have to decorate her own tree and what a big deal. But that's and she, was, she said that she has pregnant. no eye for it. Yeah, but that's what that's what I found funny. She goes, I'm not creative at all like that. I was thinking, love, you're the creative director of PLT. Like you can't decorate your own so, tree. Look, so she's people not, not have you I'm say a bad having, word against Molly She's May. not a normal person for a lot of people. She's a 23-year-old no, girl. She's no, not a normal person. No, but person. no, in the sense of she's a huge influencer. She's the hugest influence in the UK. The There's biggest a lot of, influencer. The biggest. There's a lot of expectation on what her Christmas tree and Christmas decorations will look like. They go all out for Halloween. It's I, a branding exhibition. I, I am looking forward to seeing what her house looks like when she does have a child because it looks like a show home at the moment. Like it looks insane. Well, Did I you see her once more, Kate? They're in their brand new house that they've just bought <sighs> and it's the first time she's having her family but over for Christmas. But get a balsam hill tree. Get a nice balsam hill tree. She might some... not know about the that. You don't think they would be messaging her on Instagram? I've got a point. So I feel like a lot of the UK influencers who have these insane houses, they put their tree in the middle of, of the hallway so when you walk in, you see yeah, it. Because they've got grand entrances. I think that's great. But then what about when you're watching TV well, and so you, you want to see the tree? you these people only have one tree, Amy? Well, Molly was saying she was only having one tree. Well, I'm sure if they let the professionals do it, she wouldn't have just had one. Look, on that note, I think we could talk about this for hours. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you have enjoyed it, could you please make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcast and also Spotify? This podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present. Now, if you did want to join in on all the conversations, please head over to our Facebook group which is outspoken the podcast community and don't forget to follow us on instagram and also on tiktok at outspoken underscore the underscore podcast you'll be able to see all these tips and tricks we've picked up from this gen zetta for our instagram 